we all are energy. Okay. And we get to choose how we show up in the world and it's going to impact the amount of money that flows to us. Hello fam. And welcome to another episode of the Aligned Performance Podcast, the podcast that goes beyond the day-to-day to help you create your most aligned life of purpose and potential. My name is Trang, your host for the show, and today I am so excited to be sharing with you a conversation that I had with Lachelle Weenie on healing your relationship with money. Now, this is a conversation that is so powerful, and it's a topic that I haven't gone into depth on this show yet. It is such a core part of what many of you desire. Like I talk to you and I hear that you want to create your dream life. And a big part of that is having financial freedom. You want to have a financial freedom so that you can have lifestyle freedom. You can do what you want, when you want, with who you want. And you want to have that flexibility. You want to be able to have options. You don't want to compromise. And that is in our world today has a strong basis of our financial situation. So why not speak to someone who has studied the psychology and science around money and has created that financial abundance for herself? The Shell Weenie was a nurse anesthetist who left her nine to five working profession to start her own business. And she's done that whilst being a wife, a mother, and has created multiple streams of revenue as a professor, a coach, an author, and a speaker. So in today's episode, Lachelle talks about how you can heal your relationship with money, how money is neutral. It's not good or bad. The different resourceful and unresourceful belief systems around money, how ancestral patterns can affect how you perceive money and the way that you spend money, and how you can start to shift your beliefs so that you can create more abundance of finances in your life. If you want to heal your money wounds and you want to create abundance of finances in your life, then this episode is for you. Let's get into it. This is my conversation with Lachelle Weenie on healing your relationship with money. Lachelle Weem, hello and welcome to the Aligned Performance Podcast. Hey, hey, hey. I'm so glad I'm here. Thank you so much for having me. I cannot wait to dive into all things money today so that we can help people level up, sister. Are you so excited too? Yeah, absolutely. Like we were just saying before, we have so much in common. We share so much of this a similar energy that we could have just kept talking and we're like, okay, yeah. we, we better start recording and actually get into it. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, it's an honor to be here. So thank you so much. Oh, it's a pleasure. So I'd love to get straight into it because we have so much to unpack and explore today. But I'd love to hear more about you to start because, Michelle, you're a wife, you're a mum, you're a nurse anesthetist. I can always get that right. I always like chip on chip on that. You're a professor, a coach, an author, a speaker, a business owner. Like you. You have so much to give to this world. And I'm curious, what would you say is the most influential experience in your life that has led you to where you are today? Oh my gosh, that is such an easy question. And I hope that the rest of them are this easy. But honestly, it started my first online business in 2016. And, you know, when you read my bio, you mentioned a lot of like things that I got to check off my my list, right? And your audience are driven, high achieving women like we are. And they they feel like they're called for more like like I did. But the thing is, is that I recognize now looking back pre-2016 that I was in my professional world trying to chase after fulfillment and that next challenge and that next achievement. And honestly, like if I have to be really, really vulnerable with all of you guys, I was probably chasing my own worth if I have to be really honest with you. And my allowing for myself to continue to get to the next title, the next job, the next whatever, it never left me feeling ultimately fulfilled because there was always something lacking. 
And I know that that's part of just my driven personality, but it was when I started my business that allowed me to tap into a part of myself that I didn't even know existed. And it allowed me to uncover strengths and different just things that I get to uniquely bring to the table that I had not been able to do in corporate America. And here I was literally feeling like I was coming to life all over again. It's almost like life was black and white before, and now it was in color. And that's the best way for me to describe it. Because for the first time, I felt like I could really step into everything that I was capable of with the excitement of what's to come. And so that that's definitely when it happened for me. Mm, that's so interesting and I love that visualization of black and white to now in color it's like the wizard of oz it's that moment where there's that stark contrast right yes yeah so what was that moment for you like was there something specifically that happened or was it a gradual you know realization or you know remembering of you know what's really important to you over time Yeah. So I think that a little bit of both, right? Like I think that I would say within six months of starting my business, things started to become very clear, but it still was that six month process and it's been continuing to evolve ever since. And I think that it was these tiny little things that I realized that everything that I had planned had happened, right? So I went to college, I got my bachelor's, my master's, my doctorate degree. I wanted to become a professor for the doctor of nurse anesthesia program. Like that was my dream job. I became that. And everything that I wanted to do was checked off my list. And here I am, you know, in my early 30s, doing everything that I thought that I ever wanted to do. And yet there was still something missing enough for me to want to start this business. And I think that it was just like, I was ready for a new challenge. I wanted to kind of diversify what I was doing. And I'm like, I'm just going to give it a, give it a ride. Right. And I think that that was when I started to discover small little things such as for me, like I'm such an entrepreneur and newer in spirit, but I never acknowledged it. I always felt like there was something wrong with me because I wanted to challenge what we were doing. I wanted to get things done faster. I didn't like the committees upon committees upon committees that it took to get any change happening in corporate America, right? I, I saw potential in things and I wanted to dive in and do it. And there was a point in my life where I felt like there was something wrong with me because I kept seeing things and wanting to fix things and wanting to make things better that it's almost like I didn't fit in realizing now that it's because I'm an entrepreneur and I see solutions and I love to to help solve them, right? Like that's what we're all about. And so I think that when I when I look at my experience with that, I realized that it was this moment where all of a sudden I don't have to get approval with committee upon committee upon committee to make something happen. I get to just do it. It's the moment when I realize that I, I mean, if you guys can see behind me, I'm like a nerd when it comes to books. I love learning. I can't get enough of it, right? My strength finders are input and learner. Like there's a reason that I can't get enough of this stuff, right? And here I am like in the space of my business where I'm like, holy crap, like I can read this and then apply it to my life without having to know like I'm not in a certain title at my job or don't have a certain initials behind my name or I, I have to, you know, pat somebody's back on in some office to try to get them to listen to me. Like I get a chance to execute this on my own. Like, holy crap, like let's, let's do this. I can do it as fast or slow as I want to. And then it kind of got me to this realization that as an entrepreneur, I get to create my life of my dreams, my life by design, the work-life balance that I want to. And there's no ceiling to what I can accomplish. You know, and it was like these tiny little nuggets of realizations like, oh my gosh, like this is what I've been missing. And realizing that, you know, my other strength finders, I don't know if you've taken that, but I have all my clients take it because I think it's so powerful when we know how we're uniquely designed and how we can show up in the world. Communication and achieving are both two things that I have as well, as as well as connectedness. And when I started to realize that, like, I get to use those strengths, but to like a higher level, to the 10x level, I get to communicate in ways that I don't have to ask for permission at work, right? I get to Mm -hmm. connect with people on ways that are beyond what's in policy. Like if I want to connect with somebody over my nerdy quantum physics love or my brain science, you know, passion or, or scripture or anything else that I like love to dig. I get to, I don't have to like 
put myself into the box of corporate. And so I started to recognize that I was coming alive. What happened to me next was kind of the turning point. It was about six months in, and all of a sudden, I started to recognize that I was making enough money that I could cut down at the hospital by a day a week. And for me, that seemed, you know, maybe insignificant to other people, but for me, like I, I had a good paying job, like multiple six-figure paying jobs. So one day a week is significant. And it also meant that I got a chance to spend an extra day a week with my daughter who was four before she started school. And I'll be honest with you, like I remember sitting across from my son's second grade teacher, he's older, and I had been home with him more before I started my job as a professor. And he was ahead of the game. And then when I met with her in second grade, I remember her telling me that he was falling behind. Girl, I was like biting back tears, like biting my bottom lip. Like, I don't know how many of your listeners are moms, but I thought in that moment, that exact moment that I had to choose between what lit me up, what set my soul on fire, or being a mom and present mom and wife. And it broke my heart. I'm like, oh my gosh, am I being selfish? Am I letting him down? But there was something inside of me, like your listeners have that. It's just like, no, like there's something inside of me. It's so strong. It's like in my belly that is just like, you know, crawling up past my heart and in my throat. Like I have to do something bigger, better with my life, bigger impact. And I felt so stuck. And then this business came along and I started to recognize that there is something called the and life that we don't have to choose between this or that. I can have both. I can design my life that is full of that impact, those challenging, fulfilling moments, and be as present as I want to be. I love traveling the world. You and I are going to meet someday, sis. And it's oh, like, yeah. I want to be able to show my kids what's possible. I want to take them to places they could have never imagined because I never got to do that when I was little. And show up in a big way and inspire people to live out their best life and be challenged and fulfilled and know that I am doing everything I can with this tiny blurb of a life that I get to live. And so when I started to recognize that and life that happened when I started to to make as much money as I needed to, to, to step back at work, I'm like, oh my gosh, like there is something to this. This is possible. And I just started to lean in and each step after that allowed it to unfold into the next step, which is, uh, you know, honestly keeps unfolding. You know, as we, as we chatted before we started recording my, my new book launched about, well, a few weeks ago, actually, I, that was an, that was a someday plan for me. And when we decide that we're ready to just lean into those little wiggles, those desires, and just like lean in, make the decision to make it happen and do the things that are necessary, life will unfold. And it is phenomenal because I just, before we got a chance to record, just before this, I recorded a video for a parenting summit for a gal in the UK that I'm helping. And it's all about how do we model for our kids? How do we show them it's possible? How many of us have dreams when we were little and then we don't, we didn't do what we wanted to do, but yet we dream it for our kids. Why would we dream it for our kids and not for ourselves? How about we just show them instead? And that starting my business allowed all of that domino effect, all of that chain of events start to take place to allow me to show up in a way that is, is I'm on fire. I'm on fire for life. I'm on fire for impact right now. And I get to meet people like you. Oh, I was listening to your story with the biggest smile on my face (laughs) because, you know, your story and and the listeners will know this, like, you know, this very similar to mine. It's one that I know so many women listening will resonate with Yeah, in that it's like, okay, this is how we've grown up. This is the path that we have gone down, but there is more. You know, we can live that and life and, you know, there is no ceiling. And I think that's a really great way to start off this episode and to segue into talking about, you know, healing our relationship with money because, you know, this is a topic that can be taboo. It can be, you know, like talking about money and wanting a lot of money can be something that we're, we're taught you know, we shouldn't. Yes. But if we want to live that and life, if we mm-hmm. want to have that power to yeah. impact, to influence, to inspire, to create change, then money is a part of that. Money can be a really beautiful thing. So I'd, I'd love to start off with this and actually start off by objectively mm-hmm. looking at money for what it is as a resource. Let's, let's yes. start here and let's start to 
actually break down how it is a resource that mm-hmm. can be utilized for good yeah. or bad for resourceful reasons or unresourceful. So are you able to speak to this to start with? Oh my gosh. Yes. So you're going to let me, you're going to let me deep dive into my nerdy brain science and my quantum physics stuff here for a sec. Okay. So I want to just start out by saying that I love the universal laws because the universal laws are the things that govern the way that the world works. Okay. And I don't care if you are, you know, of the belief that, you know, everything is, is a coincidence. Like I watch the sun rise and set every single day. I watch the tide go in and out every day. I watch an acorn turn into an oak tree. Like there are rhythms and laws that govern our universe that allow for things to happen the way that they're intended to happen. When we can take advantage, understanding these universal laws and use them to our benefit, we can see massive change happen. And the way that I, that I equate this is an And I'm going to be honest, like you guys, I want you to know all of me, like vulnerability and authenticity are like huge values for me. So I want you guys to know that I come from an angle that uses not only brain science and quantum physics, but I also use scripture into the way that I look at the world. And so for me, using universal laws is a way for me to work with God in my belief system I work with a God that created the universe and the universal laws within it. And I get a chance to partner with him to create this amazing, beautiful, fruitful life. Okay. That's going to come into, into context later on when we talk about some of our belief systems that hold us back. So I wanted to make sure that I mentioned that. But when I talk about working with God or working with the universal laws, one of the things that I love to to use as an analogy, and you're going to appreciate this since you're Australian, but I, I love the movie Finding Nemo right? You've seen it. I'm sure that your audience has seen it (laughs) once upon a time. So there's this, this scene in the movie where Dory and Marlon have been swimming, you know, through the, through the ocean looking for Nemo. Right. And Dory has this great attitude. She's like, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. And, but like, you know, that takes a lot of effort, right. To have a good attitude and to to put forth the muscles to, to keep swimming. Right. Well, anyway, they meet the turtle, the crush, the turtle. And he's like, Hey dudes, like all you need to do is get into the EAC and it'll shoot you right into Sydney. And they literally use his advice to get into the EAC and it shoots them into where they wanted to go faster. That's what you working with the laws can do for you. So if you're finding that you're missing out on the impact and the income that you are longing for, utilizing the universal laws will allow you to get there faster, which is so cool. Okay. So the universal law of relativity says that everything is neutral. Everything is neutral, including money. It is the story and the perception that we put into it that gives it a meaning. And so when I ask somebody, what is your belief around money? It's literally getting them to acknowledge that they have a story attached to it because it is, in turn, truly energy, truly neutral. And it is us as human beings that bring our belief systems into it to define it as good or bad. Okay. Now, are you okay if I go into a little bit of nerdy brain science here? Oh, please do. Like my physiotherapy background is like, bring it on, (laughs) lay it on us. Okay, cool. So, so our brains are remarkable things. In fact, like people have equated the human brain to be like the most fascinating machine in the universe. Okay. So you guys have to know this, that we're built beautifully, but there's something that we have to acknowledge if we're going to look at money. So our belief systems are a idea of how the world works based on what we've experienced and what we've been taught. Okay. Not only do we start to come up with beliefs about how the world works, but more importantly, how we fit in the world. And what's really fascinating about the way that our brains develop is that we are often creating these belief systems as our foundation before we're even seven years old. So many of the beliefs that we have taken on that are showing up in our adult life have been there for a really, really long time. And God did it that way on purpose so that we are allowing our little brains to 100% rely on our caregivers because human infants are so helpless. So it's a good thing in that way. But unfortunately, because we're little, we don't have the context to know that, okay, if somebody tells me that I don't get that candy at the grocery store because I'm not a good girl, that doesn't mean that I'm, I'm as a person, human being, not a good girl. It's the context of I might have been a brat that day, right? But when we're little, we don't have the context. And so we might take that messaging on and say, I'm not a good girl. 
we also learn by watching and we learn by picking up the energy of the people around us. So I'll give you an example. When I was a kid, I didn't, my mom and dad didn't talk about money other than they didn't have any. I never saw them balance a checkbook. I never saw them, you know, give extravagantly. I saw them struggle with, with money. I saw them telling us that we have to, you know, limit what we have, that we, that we don't have very much, that you have to work hard for money. All of these belief systems then are what my brain has taken in without having the context that that is not true for everyone. Right. And so it's my, my belief of how I think the world works. And what happens is we take on those beliefs. Money doesn't grow on trees. You have to struggle to have money. Um, money, you know, bad, it's bad if, if you have money or only arrogant, selfish people have a lot of money. Right. I remember being a little kid and my mom and dad, you know, they were poor and they were farmers, but all of my aunts and uncles on one side of my family were really successful. They, my mom and aunt married a, a man who owned a bank. My other aunt married a man who was a very successful insurance guy. A couple of my uncles owned businesses. So we didn't have what they had. And my mom felt very insignificant around them. So I grew up with this belief that if you have money, that that it's bad because that they made me feel insignificant. Now I made me feel insignificant, right? By watching my mom. Money is not bad. It's the meaning that we attach to it. So then I grow up and what happens is our subconscious mind does this beautiful thing, which we can use to our advantage, but unfortunately it brings about really unhealthy money mindset when we're adults, is our brain then looks for ways to validate what it knows to be true in the world. So if you think that it's hard to, to earn money, you're going to see examples all around you that confirm that belief. If you believe that only selfish, arrogant people have a lot of money, you're going to see that everywhere. And you're not even going to notice all of the other examples that contradict that, contradict that right? Mm. And so unfortunately, those belief systems are put inside of our brain. Our subconscious cannot reject. It can only accept. And it doesn't have the context when we're little, and it continues to look for validation in our outside world for our entire life. So what we get to do at this point in time, as we're listening to this, as, as you and I are talking, and as all you guys are listening to this, we get a chance to utilize our superpower, the one that we all have that we oftentimes neglect to appreciate. You know what that superpower is? It's our superpower of free will. We get to choose. So we are not responsible for what happened to us, but we are responsible for this moment forward. We are responsible to choose to change the story that we have around money. Money is neutral. If we view money as bad, I get to choose again. I get to take advantage of the fact that there's something called neuroplasticity where I can retrain my brain to have new belief systems. Things are not set in stone, but you get a chance to rewrite that. But first, you have to choose to do it. You have to acknowledge that you have the power within you to choose again. And so when you get a chance to say, okay, I no longer want to accept that this is the only way that is true, and I'm going to challenge myself to look for evidence that contradicts that, I can to see different examples and start to rewire my brain a little bit. Wow. I'm so glad that you went into the the science behind where like our our belief systems come from because yeah, yeah this this universal law that everything is neutral is yeah. is it like yeah because as humans in order for us to perceive anything in the world we've yeah. got to first take it in and we've got to actually process it yes. to then be able to perceive something so as yes. you as you say everything that we see about money is our own projection of our belief systems around yes. us. Yes. And, and yeah, like our, I found our financial situation, it's, it's no accident. It's not mm -hmm. a coincidence. It is yeah. created yeah. by our internal relationship with money. And this is the perfect 100%. place to start because yes. ancestral wounds, generational narratives that are handed yes. down, like what you yes. said. And I had the same thing as well. Like, I, I'm the daughter to immigrant parents. Like my parents mm -hmm. came to Australia from mm -hmm. Vietnam, from a war-torn country, yep. from po poverty. Like you bet there were these narratives around money that were handed down to me that as when I was young, like I didn't know any better. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah. that that's what happens. And even if you don't have such a maybe an extreme mm-hmm. uh, yeah. family situation, every mm-hmm. parent or every mm-hmm. or teachers, even society and media, everyone yeah. there, there is this narrative that floats yes. around around money. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And you mentioned before, Lachelle, a few different unresourceful belief systems around money, like yeah. money doesn't grow on trees, mm-hmm. or only like rich people are all jerks. Yeah. But what have you then mm-hmm. since reframed your belief yeah. systems around money? Like how do you see money now? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So first of all, when we recognize that money is neutral and I get to choose, like I'm going to give you guys another example. Okay. So um, a lot of people just diss social media, right? Like it's so bad, right? Yes. I have my biggest platforms on social media and I've been able to influence thousands of people due to social media. It's money. Social media is no different than a hammer. I can choose to build a house with a hammer or I could hit you over the head with a hammer, right? It's a tool. It's up to us and what we do with it. We get a chance to use our free will to use it as that neutral object to do what we want with it. And so when I get a chance to decide that, I get a chance to use my superpower and choose again. I get to decide like, you know what? First of all, I'm going to choose that that belief system BS is BS. Yeah. Right? And I'm going to choose to look for evidence that's going to be different and it's going to be what I want to see. And I started looking for things that showed me that, oh my goodness, like I remember very early mentor that I had very early in her business became quite successful and she purchased an orphanage in Africa. One of my very close friends has done very well for herself in business. Now she bought an amateur basketball team in Nashville, Tennessee, and she uses it as outreach for troubled young men who want to become professional basketball players, but she's mentoring them. They're coming in with very torrid pasts, high crime, high diversity, high, high school dropout rate, and she's teaching them what it's what's possible. There's no way she could have done that, you guys, if she hadn't had the business that afforded her to buy that basketball team. So when we get a chance to look at this, I get a chance to challenge my BS and say, are all people with money bad? Or where are the examples in my life? Or where are the examples in the media? Where are the examples in my church? Where are the examples in my company that I get a chance to see what really amazing good people are doing with their money? That's who I want to be, yeah. right? That's who I want to be. I want to make the world better and bigger because of something that I did to help them. And if I get to use that neutral resource of money to do that, then that is an amazing gift that I get to give. So at first, it just really comes down to really accepting the fact that I don't want to believe that BS anymore. And I'm going to start to look for evidence around that. And I also think that I've seen people especially moms. I don't know if, you know how many of your listeners are, are young mothers, but I think that sometimes we, we can get these belief systems in the way of really big building bigger businesses. It's that stuck in the either or, right? And if I start to recognize like, holy crap, when I build my and life, when I start to put myself first so that I can build the business that I want to while being very intentional about keeping my priorities straight elsewhere, I get to show up more for them. I get to be a bigger mom, I better mom. I get to, to travel the world with them. I get to give them opportunities. I get to give them you know, more time with me. And so when we look at it from what it can give us and the way that we can be bigger philanthropists, we can be better moms, we can retire our husbands if they're in a miserable job or don't know what they want to do, we give them options. Money equates to options. That's it. Mm. Money equates to options, you guys. And you get to choose what you do with that. But if you are holding yourself back from receiving that, then you are not able to create those options that are going to bless other people. And that's one of the biggest things that I see people see people is getting stuck into the law of abundance and getting stuck in scarcity mindset. Are you cool if I go there? 
Yeah, please do. It kind of like goes off of this a little bit. So scarcity mindset is, and and I'm sure many of you guys have already, you know, been been talking and hearing this, but I want to just bring this up because it's relevant. Scarcity mindset tells us that there is a limited number of things available. And then if I don't take my own claim, then I am not going to get it or I'm going to miss out. Or if I think that I have a, there's scarcity, then it means that there's no room in the market for me, or there's not enough money in the world because all of the other rich people already have it. And that keeps me into a scarcity, meaning that the power is outside of me instead of me being able to claim that power. Okay. Abundance really just allows us to recognize that everything that is part of my future life is already in existence. The money that I am going to make has already been printed. The people that are going to change my business have already been born. They're walking around this earth right now. I just haven't met them yet. Right. It's the abundance of knowing and trusting that it's all coming. And I think that when we can start to show up in abundance, it allows for us to stay out of the negative energy and into this expansive space where we just know and trust that what is for us is coming to us. But the thing that I see a lot of people struggling with is in addition to the the scarcity, they might be able to be like, yes, Lachelle, yes, I understand that there's an abundance. I understand that everything is already there. It's just coming for me. Now, this is a lesson that I had to learn the hard way. I do this thing when I have my in-person retreat where I have people create their dream life, okay? And one of the things that I have them do is record it in a voice memo as if it's already happened and listening to it every single day because it allows for them to create the visualization to manifest it. I will tell you that the one that I did at my last retreat back in September, 90% of the things had come to fruition. The thing that was holding back though is that I hadn't met the financial goal that I wanted. Interesting. And then I had this this vision of myself literally standing here with two arms wide open. And it was like God was telling me, Lachelle, everything that you want is all here. Law of abundance. We know that, right? Everything is right here. It's literally like hovering over you. Sister, you just have to receive it. Boom. Receive it. It is all here for us, but so often the belief systems that we have hold us back from receiving what is there. Because if I believe that money is hard to get, then it's I'm not going to be willing to say, oh my gosh, I totally can charge $300 an hour for that. Instead of feeling I only can charge 25. Money wants to come to me, but I have to start receiving it. I have to start being worthy of it. I have to start saying, oh my gosh, like this is, this is intended for me. I'm willing to take it. This includes friends. This includes being able to receive not only money, but receiving help from people. Cause guess what? That help might be the chain of events that leads to the money. It might be receiving the connections that somebody's willing to give you. It might be receiving an invitation to be on a podcast. It might be receiving some advice that you didn't ask for. But all of those things in the in the practice of receiving allow you to also receive the abundance of wealth that can take you to places of, of bigger and better than you can ever imagine, right? Oh, this is so good. Starting off with what you mentioned at the start about, you know, the confirmation bias. We see yeah. what we want to see. So yeah. if we want to see that money is the root of all evil and mm-hmm. and we resist and block that yeah. money from coming into yeah. our world, then that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but as you said, it's about breaking that cycle of the mm-hmm. this confirmation bias yeah. and then seeing evidence of the opposite. And there is so much evidence yes. of the opposite, so yes. much. And, 100%. you know, and, and like the even – what you were saying about the scarcity mindset mm-hmm. and shifting that to mm-hmm. abundance. Mm-hmm. It's true. And mm-hmm. I, I remember telling myself this to create that perspective of abundance yeah. when it comes right. to money. I yeah. looked up the size of the Australian economy, which yeah. is, by the way, $2.2 trillion. Right. There is a lot of money there already of money. circulating, yes. already floating around. I'm yes. not sure what the size of the US economy is. I'm going to do a quick Google. I need to know this. <laughs> okay. A lot bigger. According to Google, within a, a one-second Google search, $23 trillion circulating a lot of money. currently in the USA, right? Yeah. yeah. It's a lot of money. It's already there. 
So what is, you know, that extra $20,000 pay rise? What is a business that's going to make $100,000, $200,000? Like it is a fraction of the money that is already in existence. 100%. And, you know, I love that you said, you know, that money is a root of all evil. So I work with a lot of, of Christian business owners and they're stuck because they believe that scripture says that you know, money is a root of all evil. When that is not what scripture says, the love of money is a root of all evil. Mm. The love of money. So if I look at it as a tool, a neutral thing that I can use and not create an idol out of it and not, not, you know, put it as my main focus, but I can bring greater good to the world. That's what it's for. So if I can make those orphanages happen or, you know, sponsor new business owners to be able to start their businesses or, or help kids get school supplies. Like if I can use that money for good and I keep it out of being the love of money, guys, we are meant to have an abundance because we are meant to use it as the tool to make the world better. Yeah. Yeah. And and right. there is already enough money in the world's economy for everyone to have, each individual, yes. 8 billion of us to have abundance. Yes. However, it is just currently very um, unevenly distributed. But that's the thing. You know, if mm-hmm. we have a big heart and we have a big vision and mission yep. for how we want to improve the world, yeah. then wouldn't that money be better off in our hands? If we right. could become millionaires, billionaires, wouldn't uh, that money be better 100%. off in our hands than yes. in someone else's hands who's only going to spend it on like yachts or like drugs or whatever anyway, right? right? Like right. the money's already circulating, but seeing it as, oh, it's not um, selfish for me to have that in my hands. It can actually be selfless. It can actually be progressive. It can actually be so impactful for me to have that versus someone else who's going to spend it on a private jet anyway, just so that they can jet around the world, you know? And and you know, the thing, this is the thing, I'm going to bring this up because you, I, you said, I don't remember exactly what you said, but it's like the, that money is unevenly distributed. And I totally, I mean, that's a fact, right? But it's also a belief. Okay. And so if we use that as an excuse to say, well, you know, all of the rich people are going to keep getting richer and the rest of us are just going to stay the same. Like why even bother? It is going to hold us back. So if I, if I may, I would like to go here for a minute because this is probably going to be, if you listen to anything, you guys, like, this is what I want you to take from this, this chat today. Okay. We all are energy. Okay, and we get to choose how we show up in the world and it's going to impact the amount of money that flows to us. And I'm going to give you an example. Okay, so if I were to take us all back to seventh grade and we learned that atoms are the smallest things that make us up, right? (laughs) They're made up of these tiny little electrons that rotate around. Okay, now when we are thinking of things that like life is hard, money is hard, all of the rich people are keep getting richer, they're going to just having their yachts and I'm just going to have to drive my hoopty, you know, 1995 Beretta around and and I'm, you know, this is too hard for me. My electrons in my body are literally rotating slower. So whenever I give myself emotions that cause me to feel hopeless, helpless, shame, guilt, despair. Notice how I even started to talk slower. My voice was lower toned. It's because my electrons in my body are rotating slower. Okay. Scientists have been able to measure how fast our electrons rotate given a certain emotion that we have. Okay. When we are thinking those self-deprecating thoughts of blaming situations outside of us, thinking that things aren't fair, stuck in scarcity, money is bad, I suck, all those things, like I'm literally slowing down. I am going to, because of the law of attraction and law of vibration, going to attract more of that same S into my life. (laughs) Okay? So I get to choose then to decide how I want to think and therefore how I want to feel because our thoughts create our emotions, not the other way around. So if I want to think a thought that's going to allow me to think things like love, joy, appreciation, gratitude, and freedom, notice how I'm already starting to be more animated. My voice is higher. I'm talking faster. It's because my electrons are rotating higher and faster. 
that, you guys, is going to allow for you to attract new ideas, new solutions, more opportunities to create more money. I right now have eight different streams of income. I didn't even have all of them a couple months ago. But because I'm allowing myself to vibrate at a higher frequency, the things that are also vibrating at that frequency are now coming into my sphere of influence and my awareness. They were always there. I just didn't see them. So allowing yourself to stay out of the victim game and allowing yourself to say, I'm using my superpower of choice to figure it out. I'm going to rise above my circumstances. I am going to choose thoughts that are going to bring me to a higher level of emotion. I will watch my life literally change before my eyes. Girl, like this stuff works. I could tell you story after story, even from the last nine months of what's happened to me since I decided to quit my job of 20 years and go into my entrepreneurship journey. And it blows my mind, but I have to stay in those higher frequencies in order for the people, the solutions, that money to, to find me. And the best way you can do that is to choose the thoughts that bring your level of emotions to that space instead of staying stuck down in your circumstances and what feels like it's out of your control. Because everything is outable if you choose to figure it out. I'm so glad that you, you shared that because some, some listeners listening to this may have expected a podcast where we were talking about very specific strategies on how to save money, how to invest mm-hmm. money so that mm-hmm. they can make more money. Yeah, we can talk but about that, that too. But <laughs> yeah, but that is the outcome of us healing this yes. internal Mental yes. and emotional relationship with money, as you were saying, you know, yeah. literally shifting how we mm-hmm. feel about it. Therefore, what energy we put out into the world regarding money and therefore what energy we can then receive or what 100%. money we can then receive. 100%. And I, and I remember back to like, you know, you've got your story of how so much has changed for you in the last nine months in terms mm-hmm. of income streams. And I had yeah. the same, you know, when I hit my first ever six figure year in business, mm-hmm. it was purely because of two things. So this was on the back of multiple years of trying so hard, mm-hmm. like grinding to get to yes. my first six figures. And I couldn't, but yeah. this year that I finally did. And it's funny because the first year that I did, it was like 102,000 or something. So I mm-hmm. just hit it. But the reason why I did was because one, I focused on you know my relationship and my belief systems yes. with money. Yes. And then I visualized what you said before about yeah. um, what you got um, your, your clients to do at the retreat that you ran. I visualized 100,000 and I saw that number in my head every single day. Mm-hmm. And I put that energy out. I was like, I'm not being selfish. I deserve to have this abundance, but also I can see so many ways I want to utilize this money to impact even more, to reach even yeah. more people, to inspire even more lives. Yeah. yeah. And then I had this positive, loving energy towards it. Yeah. And then that just then flowed back to me. So this is this is where it all begins. Like it's not just yeah. about investing, it's not just about saving, it's not just no. about budget sheets. <laughs> no, it, it starts here. Yeah. It I mean it does. And that's the thing. Like it sounds woo-woo, but that's why I love to bring in science and quantum physics into it because it's it's happened. So can I just share with you like something that happened to me literally three days ago? I just okay. I Please. you guys need to hear this because Go this for it. not a bunch of BS. I promise. So I was talking to one of my coaches. I I um, believe that all coaches should have coaches. And so I was talking to one of them and I was like, gosh, I'm coming a little bit short of my revenue goals for this this quarter. And I'm like, I, I wonder what's going on. And she said, do you have any outstanding invoices? And I'm like, you know what? I do. And there was one that came to mind like immediately. And it was from somebody that I was working with that was a high ticket client who I promised her that I would create a different pay schedule to allow her to make this happen. And she was behind in this in the pay schedule. But was what was interesting is that I wasn't asking her about it. Okay. Now in my mind, my conscious mind, I was like, okay, well, it's all right. Like I, I'm at a place where I can give, like I can whatever. But what was so fascinating is when I worked it out, I actually was in my subconscious mind afraid that I was going to embarrass her by bringing it up and therefore was going to lose a um, a relationship because maybe she likes me. You know, like we all have these things deep down, you guys, like these belief systems are, are ingrained. And so I wasn't asking her about this defaulted payment because I didn't want her to not like me, even though I didn't see it. 
Okay. So I was like, all right, I'm going to get my big girl pants on and I'm going to recognize that I have not been holding her to the standard that I could, that I'm teaching her how to become a business owner and I am not modeling for her by having people pay her on time, right? And I made the big, you know, conversation where I'm like, hey girl, like I'd love to talk about about this and we can come up with a plan to make this happen because I don't want you to use any more excessive energy consciously or subconsciously on the fact that you owe me this money. Okay. So I I was nervous. I was nervous about this conversation. I had the conversation literally in the middle of the conversation, you guys, I got a text message from my rental property that I bought a couple months ago, three bedrooms that I rent out all three rooms, but I only usually rent out the two, like most of the year. I had somebody who wanted to rent the third room out of the blue. In the middle of this conversation, I got $1,200 extra money like that, that I wasn't asking for, okay? The next day, I had two people tell me that they wanted to hire me for a new part of my business that I'm going to be offering out of the blue. Like, I didn't even ask them. I was just telling them like, hey, this is what I'm wanting to do. And they're like, hey, I would like to hire you for this. I would like to hire you to create these websites. I would like to hire you to launch my book. I wasn't even looking for it. I made that one acknowledgement and money started to flow unexpectedly to me. It doesn't have to be hard, but you do have to figure out what BS you have going on between your brain and your between between your ears and your brain that is preventing you from receiving the abundance that is in store for you. It's legit. Yes. <laughs> You can't, you can't make this up, can you? No. You, you had this acknowledgement and then this flow on of events happened yes. one after the other. Yes. <laughs> and you know what? Like what? some people may believe it's a coincidence, but if it's a coincidence that is on repeat, then right. why not? Like why right. not? All right, Give fine, it a go. Fine. I will take all those coincidences day in and day out. That's <laughs> yeah, we'll take it. You know? We're not going to say no. <laughs> That's just it. Like you have to vibrate at a certain frequency in order to be able to open for those those conversations, those solutions. Um, You have to be able to acknowledge some of the blocks that you have consciously or subconsciously that are holding you back. And once you do that, that's where the savings, that's where the the bookkeeping, that's where all the things that come into play, right? But if you have always felt like money is stressful. Maybe you grew up in a household where your parents thought about money all the time. They never talked about it. So the only association you have with money is that it's that it brings negative energy. So you are terrified to look at your books. You have no idea what money's coming in and going out. You have no idea what your profit and loss is. You don't, you don't know any of that. That is holding you back, guys. So you have to get to the root cause of why are you avoiding certain things? Why are you afraid? A lot of my clients I work with are wanting to quit their nine to five so they can step boldly into their their businesses. That brings a lot of sacrifice to play where I am holding on with two death grip fists of what I know instead of opening my fist and allowing my palms to be open to what is ready for me to receive. We have to be willing to sacrifice the good for the great. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You can't do that. You can't take on the next thing unless you do the small things in the in between. When I left my nine to five last September, within months, I, I will tell you, this is a crazy thing too, because I there's beyond coincidences. So in my vision statement from last last retreat, I said that I can't believe that we have our own brand new lake home. Okay. That was a someday thing. I drove past a house in um, at Thanksgiving, I thought, huh, I wonder if that'd be a good property to rent out to travelers at the hospital. It's on a lake. I looked into it, saw what they were asking and thought, that's not too bad. I asked my husband who is super frugal. The fact that he gave me the green light is a, is a miracle in itself. We purchased the house. We had our offer approved on December 15th. We closed December 28th. My first renter moved in January 7th. Six weeks, you guys, from the time I drove past the house till I had a paying tenant move in on the lake. Now I have a lake home that somebody else is paying for. Yeah. 
if I didn't have my my books in order, I have, have a savings already in place so that I could have the equity to buy that house, like all of those practical things come into play. I'm not discouraging any of that or discounting any of it. But you have to be able to set yourself up so that you can receive these amazing divine coincidences in air quotes, right? That start popping into your, your consciousness and then acting on it and allowing for more abundance to step into your life. Mm, beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And like what came to my mind when you were speaking is as simple as the example of if you want to attract a beautiful, deep, loving partnership, a relationship. Yes. It's it's the energy that you put out that you will get back. You know, if you approach dating with openness and honesty and love, Mm -hmm. then that's generally what you will get back. You you know, you put out love, you get back love. You put out generosity, you get back generosity. But if you put out, um, you know, dishonesty or if you put out closeness, emotional availability, that is generally what you'll attract back. And that is, that is what we're talking about, but in the realm of money here. 100%. yeah, and as we get to the end of this episode, Lashaw, I'd really like to ask you, you know, we, we've talked so much about the concepts and what we need to be doing, right? Like how we need to be like shifting our relationship yeah. with money and the energy that we put out. But where can we start? Like what, Like, is there a daily or a weekly yeah. practice, something tangible for the listeners to start in order to yes. get the ball rolling with this? Oh my gosh, absolutely. So I have one exercise for you. And if you need a place to read about it, you can read about it in my book because I have a whole chapter on money mindset. But one of the things that I would recommend that you do is have a conversation with money, okay? So this is gonna feel weird, but I want you to trust me on this, okay? There's brain science around this. But what you're gonna do is you're going to sit against the wall and I want you to imagine that the wall is money, okay? The wall is money. And I want you to just talk to money like it's a person sitting right there. And I want you to tell the wall, tell money what you think of it, how you feel about it, what you need from it. I want you to start to have an open conversation talking to money, how it makes you feel. Okay. Now, what's very fascinating when you do this is that you break through your conscious thoughts and you allow your subconscious thoughts and those belief systems to start to bubble up. And I recommend if you're willing to be vulnerable with yourself, nobody ever has to listen to this, but I want you to to record it on a voice memo on your phone. And then I want you to listen to it. I want you to go back and I want you to journal what you see. When I did that, Mm -hmm. I realized that I had a really hard time receiving. And so when you talk to money, you're telling money what you think of it, how it makes you feel. Then after you've listened to it and you journaled around it, then I want you to do the same thing. But this time the wall is money and money is going to talk to you. What is the money trying to tell you? What is it trying to give you? Is it saying, friend, all I need you to do is receive me. It's right here. I want to give you everything that you could have ever imagined so that you can make a bigger impact in the world. But I just need you to receive me. Whatever it is that money is trying to tell you is going to give you a bigger insight into your relationship with money. And once you can start to discover that, then you can start to explore how it's going to impact you in your day to day. And so doing the same thing when you're listening to money talk to you, voice record it and then journal around it. And one of the things that I wanted to mention real quick before we move on is that there's something called a double bind. And a double bind is when you want two things that contradict each other. Okay. So you might want to have a lot of money. Maybe you want to have a seven figure business, but you have this fear that you're going to be alone if you, if you are successful. Only one of these two can win. And so you might sabotage yourself. You might not close that sale. You might not pick up the phone when you know you need to call that chicken lister. You might not follow up with the people that you need to because subconsciously you're afraid that if you get to that seven figure business, you're going to be alone. And so if you don't start to acknowledge what these double binds are and allow yourself to be able to pick the one that is going to be the winner in this fight, 
you're going to continue to self-sabotage. You're going to make decisions that are going to continue to block your ability to get past a level that you're, you've been in. And so getting simply more aware of your relationship with money and doing this exercise that I just mentioned is a great way to start so that you can start to acknowledge some of these double binds and these places that you're having conflict around and start to change those BS belief systems that you have that are holding you back. Oh, that is gold. I like that. Um, and I've never done anything like that before, not at least talking to money wall. <laughs> so I'm going to give that a go. Awesome. Even though I have my own practices, like I have this weekly routine where I sit down, I go through my bank statement from the last seven days and yeah. I look at everything that's gone out <laughs> and then everything that's gone in. And this is my happy money practice. And I, I, I teach yes. this to my clients as well, where everything that goes out, I bless it with happiness. It's like, okay, if I paid a subscription to, uh, I don't know, to my podcast streaming platform. Yeah. Also yeah. podcast hosting platform. Then I'm like, okay, I'm, it's money going out, but I'm still going to be happy about it. I'm still going to yes. bless it because because of this podcast hosting platform, I can do what I love, which is podcasting. We can have this incredible conversation. Yes, yes. And then I get to gift this podcast to the world. And then money that comes back in, of course, like if I've got a client who, you know, the monthly subscription has come in, it's like, thank you for, yes. thank you for this. I get to gift you with value yes. and then you are exchanging that to me in the value of this money. And yes. like having so much gratitude for, every amount of money, whether it's like a few hundred or a few thousand, yes. having gratitude for that. Because if we can't even be grateful for a few hundred or yes. a few thousands, then why would the universe gift us with tens of thousands, 100%. hundreds of thousands? I pick up pennies on the street. Why? Mm. Because if I don't, I'm telling the universe that any amount of money is insignificant to me and that I'm not grateful for it. Mm -hmm. So I pick up a penny, even though you know in our today's economy, it's not worth anything. <laughs> And I thank the universe, thank God for sending me more money to remind me of abundance. And this yes. is another thing that's really interesting too. And again, you can think it's a coincidence. I, I call BS on it, but I, um, I rarely ever use cash. Like I just don't. And I will find coins around my house, in my car, in my pockets. I don't use cash, but it's a sign that continues to come into me saying Money is coming. Money is abundance. Money will find you. And then I thank it for the message and trusting with expectation that it's on its way. Mm, beautiful. Happy money, grateful money. We are here for it. Yes. Michelle, this has been a fantastic conversation and I would love to keep going, but we do have, <laughs> we do have um, a time frame to, yes. to stay within. So I'd love to finish off this episode with a routine that I do with every guest episode. And that is the rapid fire question so that we have a little bit of fun and we get to know you a little bit more. Okay. Sounds good. All right. So question number one, what is your favorite movie? Oh my goodness. Um, my favorite movie. These are, these are, I feel like I'm such a nerd. Um, <laughs> is it bad that I would say National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation just because it's something that I watch with my family every year and it makes me happy? Mm, there's meaning to it. Yeah. Yes, there's meaning to it. But I will say that right now I'm, binge, I'm binging Working Moms on Netflix and it's freaking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it is. It sounds hilarious. <laughs> Um, okay, for you, mornings or nights? Ooh, definitely mornings. Definitely mm. mornings. I'm junk by like 8 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I feel you. Uh, most memorable place that you've ever traveled? You know, I think that it was when I graduated from anesthesia school and it was the beaches of Jamaica, knowing that I had just accomplished something really big. And I was there with my husband and we were able to celebrate something really challenging that we just gotten over together. And it was amazing. But I've gotten to see so much of the world that I, there's too many favorites. So that would just have to be one of them for the meaning behind it. Yeah, of course. It's like that sense of accomplishment yeah. enhances how much you yes. can enjoy that trip even more. That's so yes. beautiful. How many coffees a day? How many coffees? Yeah, how many that coffees? What you said? Yes. I would say average two. Yep. Yep. Beautiful. And <laughs> last question. If you could do just one hobby for the rest of your life, what would it be? Designing t-shirts on Canva. 
Okay, we need a backstory to this. Like, what? <laughs> Please share more. Well, I don't know why, but like, if I had the house to myself with like no kids and no agenda, I would literally sit on Canva and I would just like design graphic T-shirts. <laughs> I love that. So, like, that's a creative. Coming, but it's just so much fun for me right now. It's just fun. It's like a creative outlet. I love to just create things. So. Yeah, and it's funny because as I was asking that question, I could already see you smiling and like laughing. So you knew that that was exactly going to be your answer. <laughs> oh, well, Lachelle, thank you so much for coming onto the show and sharing with us your stories, your experiences, your wisdom. Um, for anyone who has any questions, who wants to find out more about you, wants to read your book, you know, hear about your retreats, can you please tell us where we can find more of you? Yes. Oh my gosh. So I like keep myself super simple and I brand myself as Lachelle Weemy everywhere. So it's L-A-C-H-E-L-L-E-W-I-E-M-E. So you can find me on all of the social platforms, LachelleWeemy.com. Um, and yeah, you guys totally, I would love to hear from you. So if there was something in this episode that you just found really interesting or you're like, oh my gosh, me too. I love that too. I want you to reach out to me because it's so much fun to meet people from all over the world. The ones that I get a chance to geek out around or even just like give you a chance to, to, you know, provide a little bit more inspiration to your life. I'd be happy to do that. And I just, um, yeah, thanks you guys. My book is on Amazon. It's called get out of God's way. And I have a free workbook currently on my website right now that you can get it to work through it like a study guide if that would be something that you want to get into action and start to change your life in a little bit ways but it's all about getting out of our own way so that we can step into the beautiful purpose that he has for our life and our business Mm, yeah and you know after this one hour conversation I can only imagine all the value and the juice that would be in your book and um in yeah with what you have to share I think there's so much that we can learn to get out of our own way and to actually create this and life this extraordinary life that we we all uh, like we have one life like why not you know exactly um so once again Michelle Thank you so much for your time. I know it's Sunday night for you (laughs) as we are recording this. So to me, that is like the most precious time of the week. So I really do appreciate you coming on the show. Um, This has been, yeah, a goldmine. So I cannot wait to share this and gift this with the world. You guys, thank you so much for listening. It's such an honor to be here with all of you. And thank you so much for the opportunity. I appreciate it. Oof. Was that a powerful conversation or what? I hope that you got a lot out of that episode and that you loved Lachelle's energy just as much as I did and her way of explaining things and empowering us to create so much opportunity and abundance in our life. Once again, if you have any questions or you want to reach out to either of us, please find our information in the podcast show notes. You will be um, able to reach us there and we are more than happy anytime to get back to you and to start up a, a dialogue with you about this episode. You enjoy the rest of your day now. Go out there, create abundance, choose to invite in abundance. And I cannot wait to hear how this episode is going to have a flow and effect for you in your life in the coming weeks, months, and years. So please keep me updated. All right, fam, that's it for another episode of the Aligned Performance Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the end of another one. I really appreciate that you are still here. Until the next one, bye.